This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. My name is Chantel Hyde. I am from East Moline, Illinois. I bartend at the Black Sheep in Rock Island, Illinois, and you're listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender for the evening. I'm the dude. Or call me Anthony, whatever you feel like doing at the time. This is a very special episode. Today's guests, we include Chantel Hyde from Illinois. And later on, we will have musical guest Abigail Nielsen with her new single, Without You. So let's just get to it. My first guest is Chantel Hyde. Chantel, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on here. So... Like anybody who listens to my podcast, they all know we start off every show with a drink special. So could you, would you do us the honor of giving us the drink special today? Uh, so a uh, recipe that is something I pertain to me. A lot of people come to see me just for the drink. I'm not sure if it's something anywhere else in the country, but I call it a party in your mouth. It cool. is the three olives, loopy vodka. Razzmatazz, then it's equal parts of the cranberry and orange juice. It looks disgusting, but it tastes just like fruit loop cereal. Well, that sounds awesome. So, bartender servers out there, if you give that a try, just remember, uh, let me know. If you'd like to get your customers to try it or you try it yourself, let me know. Uh, email me at dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. Uh, love to hear what you guys have to say about it, and uh, then I'll relay it over to Chantel. And uh, she can know that make sure that everybody uh, out there loves her drink. So let's get on, get on with the show here. Chantel, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely no problem. I'm happy to be on. So let's start off uh, start off at the beginning. Uh, where are you from? I'm from East Moline, Illinois. It is right outside the Quad Cities. East uh, in Illinois. So uh, probably Cubs fan? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's worth a shot. Uh, well, uh, I got to remind everybody that, uh, well, in in probably in your case, I have to tell you, I'm not a sports fan, so I just kind of just throw th- things out there every now and then. Uh, I do hockey and football, and that's it. I don't pay attention to anything else. So, Bears? No. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, who's your team then? I'm a cheesehead. Oh, Packers. Awesome. I probably just lost some fans there, but it's okay. <laughs> Ah, we're all bartenders. We all understand. Everybody's got their own favorites. There's still people out there that are scratching their head uh, about the latest news from the Cowboys uh, firing Jason Garrett. (laughs) So, uh, so you're based out of uh, Illinois near the Tri Cities. Where do you work? I I work at the Black Sheep in Rock Island, Illinois. The Black Sheep. Yep, Uh, the Black Sheep. And uh, what kind of bar is it? It's a sport bar uh, and pub. We are located at what's called the District of Rock Island, so we get a lot of different crowds. Okay. Yeah, yeah. kind of describe your clientele for all of our listeners here. Okay, so it does vary during the each day of the week. Um, so in the beginning of the week, uh, we have more of the old-timers that come in that are trying to avoid the younger crowds. So I would say between Monday 
And Wednesday is more the old timer crowd. We get some youngins in there that are just trying to catch a buzz in the middle of the week, but it doesn't happen that often. And then Friday starts to pick up a little bit with the younger crowd. And then Saturday, we're normally packed wall to wall with the younger generation. And you said it's mostly a sports bar. Yeah, we uh, it's we are uh, advertised as a sport bar. Uh, when we we normally try to get the games on there, we're actually hosting the McGregor fight come the 18th as well. Cool. So you pretty much start out kind of mellow, start out the week kind of mellow, and then it ends up getting pretty rowdy by the end of the week. Yes, it does. Well, at least you can go into your week kind of easy. It, that is, if you work Monday through Friday. Yep, that's uh, I uh, normally I bounce back and forth between the days, but I'm normally there Sundays, sometimes Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and uh, I will be starting on Saturdays. Split days off. That's gonna be kind of rough. It's uh, sometimes it's nice. Uh, other days I'm like, oh Lord, what did I get myself back into? <laughs> Especially with two little girls. Oh, having kids. Yeah, that uh, that's rough. Uh, how old are your kids? I have a two-year-old and almost a three-month-old. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, brand new kids. So you got uh, one just laying there and giggling and the other one that has the power to stand in front of the door and beg you not to go to work. Uh, she, yeah, she is a, I, what I call a uh, taller Asaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> when you're bartending, what's the main drink? Do you mostly do mixed drinks or do is it mostly a beer bar? No, we're, I would say that uh, during the week, we're more of a beer and shot bar. Um, the mixed drinks uh, start happening more toward the weekend. Uh, let's say, what's your most, uh, you, so your drink special that you told us about just a few minutes ago, that's probably your most popular drink. It, it was. Um, I haven't had a chance to promote it at the Black Sheep yet because we don't have the ingredients for it. I promoted that more at the Torchlight uh, Belgrade Generations and Rick and Kathy's where I originally started. So how long have you been a bartender? I've been a bartender now for five and a half years. Wow. That's a long time. So, so, and you've worked at how many different places? I've worked at, so I have, I'm trying to think, I I can't count for the life of me right now. (laughs) Rick and Kathy's, the Black Sheep, Generations, Torchlight, the Belgrade. So I've worked at five places. Oh, that's, uh, you bounce around a lot. So that, uh, that anything to keep a job, right? Yeah. Well, three of the bars I bartended at the exact same time. I never had a day off. I was, I bartended full time every day of the week. We're swipping, uh, switching between morning and night shifts or. Uh, yes. Sometimes it was switching between mornings and nights. So I would leave one bar, go to the other, or if I had the day off in the other bar, I still had to close the other one. (laughs) So the customers follow you uh, when you jump from bar to bar like that? Yes. Um, I have a pretty loyal following. And if where I were to get off one place, they would follow me to the next bar. And they have loyally followed me to every place I've worked. That's great uh, when you get a good following like that. So uh, tell me about your typical customers. You, some of your, maybe your favorite customer. Uh, so right now, my... My favorite customers that I'm I'm just now meeting, um, I have a regular that comes in, and he's just great to talk to. He normally comes in for maybe two beers, maybe two shots, and then he's normally on his way. Uh, his name is Jacob. Uh, he normally comes in and either drinks a Miller Lite and a shot of Rumpel Mints, or he does the, an IPA and then two shots of Rumpel Mints. It just kind of depends on his mood. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
two shots of rumble mints that already puts uh, made the hair stand up on my hands. Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had my I've had my nights on rumple mints, and I'm like, nope. If I do one, I do only one, and I'm not touching <laughs> it the rest of the night. That's blackout in a bottle. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm um I admit I was a bartender for uh, about six or seven years. And I'm not much of a drinker. I never uh, really have been, never got into it. And people kept asking me, well, how come you're a bartender? And I'm like, the money. You know, and, but being a lightweight, when the nights that I did drink, uh, it would be maybe one, two Coors Lights if I had a big meal before. Uh, and uh, and if somebody gave me a shot, it was immediate, right before I take the shot, I go to the bartender and whisper, don't give me anything else. And which also gave me the opportunity to be designated driver pretty much every time I hung out with my friends. Uh, so you're a, you're a cheap date is what you're saying. Extremely. Okay. <laughs> but I wish, I wish that was my, that was my game. Um, I have an extremely high tolerance. If I go out and drink, I, my, my bank is hurting the next day. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, according to your Facebook page, you're in a relationship right now. Yeah. Um, but when, uh, when you've gone out on, uh, gone out on dates or something like that, the guy, or you're just hanging out and some random guys just buying you drinks, he may regret that later, probably. Yes. Yes. I've had, um, I've had a lot of guys that were like, okay. Um, so we know now that just to have you buy your own drinks. <laughs> <laughs> when you hang out, do you go to your own bars or do you uh, have other places you like to hang out? Okay, so when I um, when I go out now, um, I don't really go to the Black Sheep. It's just because it's a it's quite a drive for me. It's a twenty minutes away from my house, and I'm I support my neighborhood bars. I go to the Racers Edge sometimes, but I normally frequent Eight Fifteen Lounge, which used to be the Rick and Kathy's before it shut down. Mm-hmm. And I also frequent Choppers. Uh, which is the biker bar on Illinois five. Out Hell here. yeah. Go, go past there and you see a bunch of Harleys and out front. Uh, during the summer. Yes. Uh, well, right. This is the winter time in Illinois. It's, uh, obscenely cold. Yes. Uh, if, it's not too bad right now. I mother nature. I sure has something in store for us because she's <laughs> been pretty easy on us so far. Well, I'm broadcasting here out of Texas and, uh, uh, out of West Texas and even, us out here, we're thinking that Mother Nature is being pretty schizophrenic this year. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, we it snowed on Halloween up here, and then on Christmas Day, it was beautiful out. Yeah, isn't <laughs> that like, crazy? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so, did you start out as bartender or server? Uh, so I, uh, I when I got into the field, I started out as a bartender. Not a lick of experience. I had. Just quit my day job um, due to an up change in upper management, and the guy was a total dick. And I, I'm the type of person that I care about the people I work with, and I was an assistant GM. Whoa! So when he was bringing my crew members into the back, and they were walking out crying and quitting, I finally had enough. I told him about himself. And then it ended in me telling him to go fuck himself. And then I turned to his boss and told him to go fuck himself. And I walked out. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's exactly the kind of story we like to hear. Yeah. And then I went home. I changed out of my uniform, went down to Rick and Kathy's, looked at Rick and said, you need a bartender? 
he was like, are you, why are you looking now? I'm like, yep, I need something. I just quit my job. And he said, you could start tomorrow. I'm like, this sounds good. Wow. That was easy. <laughs> yeah, it was really easy. <laughs> so you must've been friends with, uh, the owners of the first bar you worked at. Yeah. I, uh, I started, uh, I'm a big karaoke fan. So I started going to Rick and Kathy's on Thursdays to do karaoke and Rick is uh he also liked to indulge and he was there almost every Thursday so when I came up I I come in I'd always go up and talk to him so for almost a year straight I talked to him every Thursday so we kind of built a bond and when I was down on my luck he gave me a shot oh nice now you just uh you just said the death word that you like karaoke um, yes, uh, I'm not going to, do. don't worry. I'm not going to make you sing on this show, but, uh, <laughs> uh, at least, uh, because you're, uh, this is just a phone interview. If you and I were face to face, I'd probably get the music going and force you to sing, but no, uh, that's not the case today. Um, <laughs> but I, I am going, uh, I'll admit to you, uh, uh, my podcast listeners probably, um, already know the story. Uh, when I was one of the first bars that I worked at, I was, I, on a dead night, I, turned to my karaoke DJ and, uh, said, uh, uh, told her that uh, I'll sing a song and she's like, okay. And then I, uh, I think it was a Harry Connick jr. Song that I sang at first. And she, she was just kind of floored and she was like, wow, he can sing. And I was, it was just me just goofing around. But, uh, one night when it was busy, uh, well, it didn't start out busy uh, before, before it got busy. I asked her, do you have that new song by Santana called Smooth? And she's, uh, she was like, yeah, we just got it in. And I said, I'll try sing that song tonight because I didn't think it was going to get busy. Then all of a sudden she called my name just as, as it was getting busy. And I ended up singing that song for the bar. And all of a sudden had to start singing it every week because uh, all of my customers expected it. And was, <laughs> customers were like, you're going to sing Smooth tonight? You're going to sing... Uh, yeah, well, if it's not busy and uh, but when they started, you know, practically demanding it, I was, well, this is what I'm known for now. I guess I better give the customers what they want. Yes, I also uh, kind of uh, got branded the singing bartender. I was <laughs> able to convince Rick to get another uh, night of karaoke on during my nights, and I just kind of became the singing bartender i would sing behind the bar as i was serving up the drinks now that would have been smarter for me to do to sing behind the bar but no i jumped up on stage <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep, nope i sang behind the bar just normally i always picked a song that i knew by heart and i didn't have to look at the screen mm, well that's also helpful <laughs> yeah i uh normally did uh John Mellencamp, Hurt So Good. Oh, nice. Was one of them. I would do Write This Down by George Strait. Uh, sometimes I would do Rob Zombie. It just kind of depended what mood I was in. What song by Rob Zombie? Uh, Dragula. Oh, I would love to hear that. Hear you do that. <laughs> I'm just hear a female voice do Dragula. That would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a fun one. Uh, the bar would normally go nuts. Luckily, you had a, a selection of songs that you could do because people kind of just flat out expected me. Are you going to sing smooth? Or if I did try a different song that night, they say, OK, you're going to do smooth next. I'm like, OK, <laughs> <You know? laughs> let me be me. Come on. Yeah. I mean, j <laughs> I just sing a Billy Joel song and not Piano Man. Give me. <laughs> 
But, oh, I love Billy Joel. Oh, I actually sing him too. I'm a huge, huge Billy Joel fan. Uh, For the longest time is one of the ones I do. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think, I think just, uh, just to get people's attention, I uh, did tell her about it and it, uh, and it got everybody's attention, but they you know, sing smooth. And, ah, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> did did any of your uh, customers on your karaoke nights ask you try try to get you out from behind the bar and do a duet? Yes, uh, I can't tell you how many times I have done picture. Oh God! If yeah. I hear that song again, <laughs> I may literally bang my head into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think I'm right there with you, is especially when the entire room screams, "I was off to drink you away." You know. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! And uh, I just ended up using it to my advantage. If someone asked me to do that song, I'm like, "Yeah, if you buy me a beer and a shot, and then you tip me, and then I'll do that song with you." <laughs> so I started using it to my advantage because I finally got sick of doing that song. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. So, so when you weren't singing behind the bar, uh, now the, when I started doing this podcast, I've been following a whole bunch of, uh, different people, different pages on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm seeing all these videos of these flair bartenders or these bartenders mm-hmm. that do these ultra fancy drinks, like, uh, you know, burn a piece of cedar in, in the glass first and then, uh, do that sort of thing. Is, is your bar that kind of bar? Um, I wouldn't say it is, uh, because around here, they kind of look down on you, uh, burning anything inside your establishment. Sure. I would do the fire, uh, cinnamon toast crunch shots, um, here and there, but it's not very often, uh, because we don't normally carry cinnamon. Mm. (laughs) And, uh, so about the fanciest thing I normally do is the rainbow shots. Rain. What are the rainbow shots? Okay, so uh, it's all about layering and uh, side of your shaker. Uh, you start with the grenadine on the bottom. You uh, go ahead and then uh, put fill it up halfway with ice. Then you do uh, about one ounce of... Uh, la, 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 la. I'm trying to think of it. It's about one ounce of Malibu, one ounce of peach schnapps. And then you do three tablespoons of orange juice. You fill it all the way up with ice. And then you do either blue curacao or you can do UV blue. I prefer UV blue because it's not as heavy as blue curacao. And you have some more time before it starts sinking down. Mm -hmm. And you do uh, three pours. Um, So it's about mm, four ounces. And then you line up six shot glasses, you start pouring, and as soon as you notice it starts changing color, you switch to the next shot glass. Oh, wow. That's some real chemistry type stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's all about layering and uh, timing. You yeah. know, if you can count, you can bartend, in my opinion. You just... Well, yeah, try to find a bartender that can at least count to four. Yes, <laughs> or, a fast, or a fast eight count, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> um. So tell me, uh, you've been bartending for five years. What's your favorite part about it? Uh, my favorite part about it is I would, and I'm, I'm going to be full out, flat out honest here. Sure. I'm not a people person. Oh, I've, so. I myself have uh, told my audience that I'm an introvert, but uh, yeah. please go ahead. 
I'm not a people person. So with Bart, I, but I'm social. Um, so I get to be social, but the exact same time, once I get sick of you, I can kick you the fuck out. <laughs> so that's what I like about bartending. I'm, I'm just going to be flat out honest. Like, okay, you're pissing me off. Get the hell out of my bar. Uh-huh. So if somebody's uh, explaining something to you that you're really not interested in anymore, you have no problem saying, go away. <laughs> well, I will say if someone's just trying to make conversation and if they're getting on my nerves, I will bite. My, I will kind of like, I'll bite the bullet and I'll just listen because some people will just come to the bars just so they have someone to talk to that. Sure. I completely understand. Yeah. Uh, it's more of the the jackasses that come out and try to be complete tools and, you know, don't understand the basic line of respect. Ah, yes. Okay. So pickup lines and such. Yeah. Sometimes pickup lines. I've also had just people who are like, Oh, touch me. I'm like, I'm not touching you. And then they get, yeah, they get (laughs) ear, they get mad. And I actually not that long ago, just had a, an incident where, a guy, I served him three shots of vodka, and this should just be my warning sign. If they order well vodka neat, just tell them to leave. Yeah. Because they're... Um, <laughs> they're, they're trouble. Yeah. Um, so he uh, only had three shots of vodka inside my bar, and he was, he just did a 180, and he started threatening one of my regulars, and then he wanted me to touch his hand and touch his shoulders, and da, 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 da. I'm like, I'm not touching you. You need to leave my regular alone, and if you don't stop, I'm going to ask you to leave. Mm. And then he looked at me, and he was like, I'll come over this fucking bar at you. I'm like, oh, really? You can get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> and he went to try to hop the bar at me, and I always carry mace. Uh, so oh, wow. okay. I, I yanked my mace out and he's like, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, you move and find out. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to everybody. Don't mess with the bartender. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the, my regular that night said it best. Yeah. Cause he was trying to also get me, get this guy out of the bar. I didn't want to have to call the cops. I eventually did have to do it. Yeah. Um, and he was trying he was like, and this guy was like, only God could judge me. And he's like, you see that girl? Inside this place, she's got. I'm like, hallelujah, someone's got someone's got it. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that's the way you protect yourself. You got that, uh, got a can of mace ready at all times behind your bar? Yes, I always have mace, and I always do carry a pocket knife um, just because, oh, where I work, sometimes the crazies do come out. Um, I learn to start carrying some form of protection on me at my first bar i i ended up getting my face slammed into a wall oh that sucks i uh, it did um it sucked worse for the guy <laughs> but <laughs> i after that i was like okay um i i'm it's not always going to be like this if something happens it's not like i can always turn around and take the person you know i might not be able to take that person and i need to be able to protect myself because i'm not very big i'm five seven and i'm 140 pounds i'm not i am not, oh. i'm not some scary female yeah okay well that's a note to me i'll leave you alone if I, i'm ever in the illinois area <laughs> but uh but uh, that's a that's a really important thing that i've never really touched on on this show's uh bartenders need to know how to protect themselves because uh back when i first learned how to bartend uh the woman well i went to a bartending school mistakenly 
found out I didn't have to do that. But um, the woman that taught the class had been a bartender for like 20 something years. And she told us that the general rule behind working behind a bar is technically if one of your customers comes behind the bar, they're trespassing. And in her words, not mine, you can legally kill them and get away with it because that's private property when uh, once mm-hmm. they once they cross that line. And she never made any suggestions on you know, what to carry when you're behind the bar. She, she just said, uh, if you're uh, things are getting a little bit out of hand, the muddler is a great weapon. Uh, plus any bottle. Uh, she preferred the Jack Daniels bottle because <laughs> it was heavier, I guess. <laughs> yep. Or a mug or a pine glass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's a good, uh, that's a good tip for all the other bartenders out there. I've, Run them to, I've talked to other bartenders in the past that are, actually feel a need to carry a firearm when they leave work. And uh, I have no problem with firearms or anything like that, but I'd be too worried that it, somebody else would get their hands on it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. get it knocked out of my hand and somebody else's, and that could be way worse. So I do not carry a firearm. Um, I am all for I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. It's just here it is highly illegal unless you have a conceal and carry. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty and much still everywhere. illegal to have them inside of a bar. So, yeah, that's pretty much everywhere nowadays. Yeah. So I, uh, before I started the, carrying the mace and the pocket knife, I just used my fist. I grew up in a household full of boys. I learned to defend myself from a very early age and ah. I kickboxed for five years. Good so I learned to, <laughs> I learned to defend myself before the age of 18 and it has come in handy. Um, like I said, the guy who slammed my face into a wall, I had actually threw him out because I was out clearing beer bottles. I was, I was maximum capacity and a little dive bar and clearing beer bottles. I hear a commotion going on behind me. I turn around and he went to hit a female. Mm-hmm. I threw him in a headlock and drug him out the door by his neck. <laughs> and then told him if he came back, I was going to call the cops on him. Well, 15 minutes later, he came through the back door. I was out clearing beer bottles again. He grabbed me and slammed me face first into a wall. And I just snapped. Well, deservedly so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one hell of a story. I think I was going to ask you a little if you've ever had any big, big league bar troubles. That, uh, that's yeah, perfect. That's the, <laughs> that's the biggest one. Uh, he ended up trying to come after me because he had to have reconstructive surgery done. And Damn, it must didn't have hit go in his favor. <laughs> I, I came around. Well, my entire family was in there. So it was a really bad night to pull that. <laughs> and he, I uh, came around my cousin and one of his friends. And they're over six foot and over 200 pounds. I... Came around both of them because they tried to get in between us, and I grabbed him and just whooped his ass. Mm. And then the whole entire bar went into an uproar. So, <laughs> oh well, uh, like every other girl that I've heard that's had more than two older brothers uh, and uh, taken a martial arts class, yeah, that's best. You know, be nice, tip well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just don't mess with somebody if you don't know what they're capable of. You that's, know, that's the big thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the golden rule. Treat others how you would want to be treated. If you don't want me to put my hands on you, don't put your hands on me. Right. Okay. Uh, Now, you've already talked about uh, doing karaoke and entertaining your guests that way, but that was a few bars ago, right? Yes. Okay, so nowadays, at the bar that you're working at, what was that again? 
the black sheep. The bl- now at the black sheep, uh, like I told you, when I uh, entertain my customers, I uh, either do karaoke, but I'd also uh, steal jokes from stand-up comedians and you know recite uh, like uh, stand-up uh, from, uh, from the great comedians George Carlin, Robin Williams. I don't know how many times I recited the whole tater salad story from Ron White because uh, people would ask for that constantly. But how do you, what's your favorite way to entertain your customers? Okay. So if there, if there are people that I know, um, I, like the, my regulars that I have, that have followed me th- through the past five years, um, they, they know my sense of humor. So we actually entertain each other by roasting each other. Ah, cool. Um, and with the people that I really don't know, it's, you know, I, I'll talk to them for a little bit, get a feel for how they are. And my sarcasm will come out. I sometimes tell a few bad bar jokes, um, but it's normally just talking and uh, talking about life experiences. That's kind of the crowd I get anymore. Just sharing stories back and forth. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So since you've got a good rapport with your customers, do you have uh, Norm Peterson in your bar? Like uh, Norm Peterson. Yeah. We're like on the TV show. Cheers. You know, afternoon, everybody Norm, you know, uh, he's like the quintessential bar customer uh, just because of that TV show. Uh, everybody, okay. everybody well, knows his name and you know, just, he's just a permanent fixture. Okay. So um, I haven't been at the black sheep long enough to actually have, uh, have that. I do apologize. I've never watched cheers a day in my life. Oh, I'm that's more, right. of a, more of a book reader. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, um, when we start quoting TV shows, if it's not the nanny, the golden girls or friends, I probably don't know nothing about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I will say, uh, one of the more we do, uh, the regular I was talking about earlier, the one was being threatened by that guy. His name's doc and everybody knows him. Mm. Uh, so I would say that's probably so far my, my nor. Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm, uh, unfortunately a pop culture junkie. Uh, I'll talk about movies, music, television all day long, but the second somebody wants to talk about, uh, sports, uh, I'm lost, but (laughs) you said yourself that, uh, you're green Bay fan. So you, Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a, uh, knowledge on sports to go along with your working in a sports bar? Um, I have, some knowledge, I will say that the nights I bartend, people are watching sports, but they're not they're not really talking about it. They just rather not be bothered and they just want to pay attention to the TV mm. and just watch the game or watch the fight. Mm. Yep. And uh, sit back and uh, have a couple of brews, uh, step out, smoke a cigarette. And normally by when the game's done, they're out of there. OK, now that. That brings up another question to me. Now, uh, you just said that they step outside to have a cigarette. Um, is that uh, a law in uh, your area, in the Tri-Cities area, that uh, no smoking in any bars anymore? Uh, yeah, in the Quad Cities, it's uh, quad cities, in sorry. Illinois and Iowa, too. There is no smoking allowed in any public establishment. Yeah, um, I go, well, this ages me a little bit, but I go back to when you could smoke in a bar. Uh, that's when I bartended oh. and oh. I, I remember those days. I remember when you could, when you went into a restaurant and they asked you smoking or non-smoking, you yes. know, I was a child at that point in time, but, 
well, that that was pretty much my teenage years when I was old enough to buy cigarettes. I, uh, I, we, my friends and I, since we couldn't ha- hang out in a bar, we'd hang out in the local diner, uh, Denny's mm-hmm. or Sherry's or something like that, smoke cigarettes, drink coffee all night long. And, you know, that was, that was pretty much how we spent our evenings and developed bad habits, you know, oh, well, but yeah, no, but, it's okay. Before they outlawed it, I was like, I'm going to smoke in a bar. I'm going to smoke in a restaurant before they outlawed it. So that I think I was 13, um, or 14 with one of the two, I was like, we're going to be me. A bunch of my friends were like, we're going to smoke somewhere before the outlaw this. So we <laughs> went and did it. Cause we were like, that's our right of passage. Screw it. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I don't think, uh, even out here in Texas, well, there's only one bar that I've been to out here in Texas that still has smoking in it. And that surprised the daylights out of me when I walked in there, I was like, no kidding. They're smoking in here. All right. <laughs> I've only been to one bar in Texas. Uh, uh, I, for the life of me, I can't remember what it, what, what the name of it, but it's right outside Grapevine. And um, I wasn't even old enough to be in there and they didn't card me. And I didn't even know we were walking into a bar. And then when I walked in there, I was like, oh, we're in a bar right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you handled it responsibly. How often do you get people that try to pass a fake ID off on you? I've. Uh, in the past five years, I've only had three fake IDs. Or people just that just try to get in and they're underage and either show you their friend's ID or somebody else's ID completely. They're no, they're like really bad fakes. Um, so the first fake ID I ever came across was, and it was for a Pennsylvania ID, and the lamination didn't even cover the entire ID. Oh, just that? Yeah, that's shitty. <laughs> I, I looked at I looked at her and I'm like, how much does this cost you? Because you should ask for your money back. <laughs> and she kind of looked at me and I'm like, you can leave now. And she's like, can I have that back? And I'm like, you sure can't. And I stuck it in my drawer. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> yeah. The- so, yeah, no. And I did also have a, I had a 16 year old walk into my bar mm. and I and they didn't even lie to me about it. It was. Uh, and I was so irritated because they were my friends who brought this 16 year old in. Oh yeah. That would be, and I, oh, I was, I was pissed and I was like, okay, I don't know him. So I'm like, can I see your ID, honey? And he's like, oh, I don't have one. And then I look over and they're like, oh yeah, that's my little brother. He's only 16. I'm like, are you guys trying to get me fired? (laughs) I'm like, I looked at him. I'm like, I'm sorry, honey, but you have to go. Yeah, I'm like, unless your friends want to pay my fine and support my bills, you need to leave. Right. It, the that's that sucks when you're even your friends try to put your job in jeopardy. Do, do you think? Do you start thinking? Did they bring him in on purpose, uh, thinking that I would just serve him? Or yeah, I, that's. I didn't really ask too many questions. I just kind of looked at them and was like, I think you guys need to go too because I was so irate that they would put me in that position uh, that I was like, I don't even want you guys in here tonight. You know, come back and see me another night, but tonight is just not the night you guys almost, you could, I could have cost me my job. Right. And I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know if they thought, Oh, you know, cause they walked in, they walked in with him that I would just serve him. No, I'm, <laughs> if I don't know you, I'm going to ID you. Did he have a chance to order before you checked his ID? No. Oh, well, that's even better. No, good for you. Uh, 
that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, well, it's and even if people do look of, of age, and I still ID them. I not that long ago I had an an issue with uh, a lady who came in and she was like, "Can I get a vodka berry?" And I kind of looked at her. I'm like vodka berry what <laughs> and i was like can i see your id and she's like oh i don't have one i don't have it on me but i'm here all the time i'm like well you're not here when i'm here and i cannot serve you without an id mm. and she was like well i know sean i'm like everybody oh, knows sean trying to pull them i know the manager joke uh, yeah <laughs> i'm like you can leave and she was like well you'll never work here again i'm like you good luck with that honey <laughs> and then she snuck back in and was at the gambling machines, and and thank goodness I looked up. This guy came up, ordered two vodka cranberries and a Miller Lite. And okay, so I see you, but I don't see the rest of these people that you're ordering these drinks for. Mm. So I look up and watch him take the drinks to over the gambling area, and I seen her. So I came out and was like, "I, you don't have an ID. You legally cannot be in my bar." I don't care if you're 21. I don't care if you're 45. If you don't have an ID, get the hell out. Right. And I looked at the guy and said, you can leave too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's awesome. I, I, I've run into that problem dozens of times where people try to sneak in people that I've 86 or, you know, tell their underage friend, okay, you go sit down at the table. I'll go up and order the drinks from the bartender. And then if, you know, the nights that I'm paying attention, which was majority of the time, I said, uh, tell your friend to come up here. Let me see their ID. Oh, they're fine. No, no, I want to see their ID. And they try to pull that whole entitlement thing on me. And uh, it's just like, you're giving me a headache. Please leave. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, and when I take my friends out to the bars, um, you know, I always tell them to have their IDs on them. Majority of the time they don't, don't get ID'd because I know a lot of the bartenders around here and they trust me not to bring anybody and that's under age, you know, because I understand the consequences. Right. So I was like, you need to have your ID. I'm like, chances are you won't get ID'd, but just have it on you. Right. So after work, you've already mentioned that you like to, uh, it sounds like you like to watch uh, late night TV. Uh, yes. If, if you, if you watch TV, you said you're mostly a book reader. Um, so you said uh, the fr- uh, that the nanny friends, uh, and golden, the girls, golden girls. Those those mm-hmm. are your main TV shows. So, uh, so uh, do you end up uh, making references uh, at all to you know? Because Friends is packed full of uh, quotables. I mean, especially from Chandler, and yeah. so uh, like my niece who's eleven years old right now, she. Uh, this last Christmas when I went to visit her, uh, she kept yelling pivot when we were moving something. And <laughs> it took me a couple minutes to figure out what that's from. But I'm, I'm all like, I turned to my sister and I said, are you letting her watch friends? She goes, Oh, she loves that show. <laughs> pivot, pivot. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, so that's, is that typically how you wind down, uh, at the end of the day? I, so I typically, um, uh... When I get home, I I have the same routine. I go into the room. I turn on the TV. Um, I turn on the Xbox. I normally watch Hulu and Netflix. So Everybody does I, nowadays. Yeah, it's so much cheaper. So, <laughs> so I uh, – and, and I uh, pull the covers back. I go out and get my two-year-old off the couch and put her in bed. And then I go get my, my three-month-old. 
and then I take her in there too. And then I normally, you know, spend about 20 minutes changing butts and getting Scarlett back down and getting Natalie fed. And then I turn around and I normally just put on the Golden Girls. I'm a big Blanche Devereaux fan <laughs> and a big Dorothy Bordenax fan. So yeah. <laughs> um, normally if I quote a TV show, it's normally the Golden Girls. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't watched the Golden Girls since it aired, but yeah, uh, that they've—they're this big trend right now. All of a sudden, everybody's talking about them again. I—I I never saw that when the, all of a sudden everybody's talking about that show. Yeah, I, I noticed that too, and um, I was like, you know, you can't help but be like, I watched the Golden Girls before it was cool. <laughs> well, yeah, but, uh, yeah. When it first aired, it wasn't that cool, but nowadays there's even T-shirts being sold at Spencer's with those characters on it, and mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I I have I will say I have one, and it's uh, Blanche Devereaux that says "Eat dirt and die trash." <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite quote of all time. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, are you allowed to wear that shirt to work? I haven't worn it yet, um, but my my owner, we don't have a dress code unless we are doing the fights. And then, you know, it's dressed nice and wear black. Okay. The reason, uh, like you and I talked about this before I started uh, recording this, you got my attention off the Fraternal Order of Bartenders uh, Facebook page because you were undergoing cancer surgery. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. So it would make more sense if I start from the beginning. Okay. So I... I was originally told I was never going to be able to have children. I, the uterine, my uterine lining was way too scarred and the chances of me being able to carry past the first trimester was, they said, putting it in Lehman's terms, I, 1% was, um, being generous. Wow. Uh, after a few miscarriages, I uh, did become pregnant with my first daughter, um, and that was a miracle in itself. Mm-hmm. And fast forward, um, and I never, I never intended on having children. I love kids, but I always thought I was too selfish to have children. I was a party girl, and I wanted my time to be about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I also was on birth control. I, you know, and it failed over and over again. <laughs> um, you know, with all my miscarriages and then with Scarlett. And then two years later, I got another surprise and I became pregnant with my youngest, Natalie. And thank goodness, honestly, I call her, I call her my miracle baby because if it wasn't for her, they, who knows when they would have caught this. Mm. Um, I wasn't scheduled to have any pelvic exams or, or anything for another three years. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, I went in after I found out I had, was pregnant and, um, I had my pap smear done and everything. And they were like, well, it was, it, they told me it came back slightly abnormal. Um, but they said it was nothing, no, no red flags, but they were going to put me through some additional testing. So I immediately had to have a CBC done, uh, a total blood count and my white blood cell count came back at a almost an 18 and i'm not uh i the only thing i know uh, about uh medicine is what i learned from house md uh so is 18 bad (laughs) yes uh so normal is 10 okay uh it elevates a little bit like to uh between 11 and 13 if you're fighting off uh, an infection 
So mm. it being almost an 18, that threw off a lot of red flags. Mm. Okay. And so she was like, okay, well, we're going to repeat the test in a couple weeks. So I came back and my white blood cell count was at 19. Okay. So she sat me down and she's like, I don't want to scare you. She's like, but the, this is throwing us a lot of red flags and we normally see this with uh, cancer patients. And she's like, so there's not a lot, lot we can do right now because you're pregnant. So she's like, we'll do what we can. We'll monitor your blood work. We'll order some screening and we'll go from there. Uh, I got a hematologist and an oncologist and um, the hematologist was like, well, we, I'd like to do a bone marrow biopsy, but I am not going to do it until after you give birth because they were looking towards leukemia. Right. Um, well, and come to find out, you know, one of my last ultrasounds, they seen a tumor. Well, what turned out to be a tumor on my right fallopian tube. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, fast forward a little bit more, you know, I had given birth and I came back and then I went for some more scanning and it. And they're like, yes, uh, you have stage one endometrial cancer. Wow. Okay. So uh, they uh, they gave me the option to remove just the right fallopian tube. But they said that the likelihood of me having to have my left one removed in the near future was high. Mm -hmm. um, there's the endometrial cancer very rarely starts on your fallopian tubes. There's less than 2,000 cases a year. Mm -hmm. It is also one of the easily treated ones and you know my prognosis is a 92 uh five-year survival rate wow so when uh layman's terms that just means 92 92 percent of people within five years you know don't have um don't come out of remission and have to have more work done it's very treatable and it's one of the best prognoses that you can have mm -hmm. so it's um it's been a, a long road. I So I had my fallopian tubes removed. I opted to have them both removed because I can't live for the hope that I would eventually have more, have more children. I have to live for the children that I have now. Very inspiring uh, way to put it. So, um, and while they were in there, they, yes, they did remove my fallopian tubes and they, uh, took samples of my uterus, my abdominal wall, my ovaries to see if it I had spread. Mm. Luckily, all that came back that it was benign. And awesome. Yes. Um, I do have to do, uh, starting next week, I have I start a few rounds of radiation. They said at the very most, I might need to do nine rounds. Um, and that's, you know, that, that is at the, the, the extreme end. And that is to kill off any possible cancer cells there might be left. And after that, I will have to come back in six months. And then after that will be once a year. So it's something I will have to deal with for the rest of my life. Right. You know, that's like I said, that's the reason why I wanted to bring you on this show. Very inspiring story and an important story that a lot of bartenders need to hear because most bartenders don't have medical insurance. And yeah. so uh, how did you... Uh, no, as cancer is bad enough, but the financial aspect of the doctor visits and all that stuff, how did you handle that? All right. So I fortunately do have health insurance. Oh, I, um, yeah, it's, and it's a uh, health insurance that I acquired on my own. 
I acquired it when I became pregnant with my first daughter because I'm like, I don't want to be stuck with that bill. Uh-huh. Kids are <laughs> expensive. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, so, and luckily because my, also my, my daughter is developmentally delayed and has sensory disorders. So I, it was good that I ended up getting that health insurance mm. because uh, just in her two years of life, I would have been hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Right. Uh, so I luckily do have health insurance, but you know, I, I know a lot of people in the medical field and it's extremely expensive. Um, you know, between all the, just for a CBC, you're looking at over a hundred dollars just to do that work. And that doesn't include screenings and that doesn't include uh, medications. I'm on a hormone therapy treatment right now. And without my, without my insurance, it would cost me over a hundred dollars every time I refilled it. Right. And yeah, so it's definitely something to think about. You know, I understand that it's, it's, it's expensive to have health insurance and it, but it, you have to look at the reality of things is anything can happen and you don't want to have that financial burden on top of it. Right. Uh, that was one of the things that, uh, my friends, uh, told me all my bartender friends that are still bartending, but I got out of the business some time ago. Um, when I lost my last bartending job, I was in the dumps and, uh, you know, trying frantically to wander around and look for another bartending position. But they pretty much said I, I was in my uh, late twenties, I think about this time. And, uh, they said, go get yourself a job that has medical benefits, you know, get out of bartending now. And, uh, they were slightly older than me. So they were, they were like, learn from us because, uh, uh, anytime that we've had medical issues, we've had to pay out of pocket for everything and it's expensive. So go get your job, get yourself with job with medical benefits. You, you took the extra initiative to keep bartending and go get your own medical benefits which that's awesome. Yes, it's it definitely has saved my butt because with all of this that's you know it's been going on in my life, my significant other, you know, is killing himself to keep us afloat. Mm. You know, and I don't I definitely don't need to add on the medical financial burden on top of it. Right. I admire you for that right uh right now cuz most bartenders don't even think about that sort of thing. I didn't because I was in my twenties and thought I, yeah, I'm never going to get sick. I'm bulletproof, all that sort of thing. So, like I said, good for you. Yeah, it's definitely. I really hope, uh, you know, if any, if from this, if anybody will take anything, it's definitely look into taking care of you because you don't want to be faced with, you know, God forbid, something like I'm what I'm going through and not know how you are going to pay for the treatment that's going to keep you alive. Right. Thanks to the medical benefits and your two amazing children, you uh, come out slightly, uh, slightly better than what you thought. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you're gonna have to spoil, uh, spoil your, your children, one being uh, miracle babies and the other ones for helping uh, and one for helping to save your life. So, yes. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, so it's uh, definitely it's a story that I'm going to look forward to telling my children when they're old enough to understand. Right. And uh, can I suggest to use it as guilt, uh, a guilt trip when they do something bad that you don't like? 
<laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> no, I'm a female. We're good at that. <laughs> oh, that's great. We'll, uh, we'll pick one one thing that could happen years ago, and we're going to use it to guilt trip you. <laughs> <laughs> I've met too many women as their kids are acting up. I carried you and me for nine months, and boy, that's an easy... <laughs> get i mean <laughs> yeah no, that's it it's really easy to be like you know what i lost my figure because of you and <laughs> i was in terrible labor pain for hours like yeah you know it's a total go-to like you know we carried them for nine months we get that right <laughs> yeah hell yeah uh when you uh when you were pregnant were you still working behind the bar uh Yes, I was actually. Um, with my first daughter, I bartended all the way up till two days before I gave birth. And oh. then I was back three days after. Wow. You know, only three days? Yes, only three days after. I got out and three days later, I was back behind the bar. Well, that... I did not do that with this time around. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as soon as I could get back, I, I went back. Sure. Uh, but, you know, that that first day had that had to been rough <laughs> oh it actually wasn't that bad i um i'm not trying to toot my own horn but i i took it like a champ i i came back out of it and uh with my first one and it was like nothing ever happened it was just like oh pregnant one day up oh, no i'm not pregnant anymore what's up <laughs> <laughs> now uh like i uh, like you and i were talking about before uh we started recording bartenders all uh support each other i mean we're i was i bartended in a small town that uh had like uh five bars within walking distance of each other and mm. we we it never felt like we were in competition with the other other bars who got more sales or who got more customers or whatever mm -hmm. but when uh we would all go visit each other all the time and it became this uh, uh my friend made this observation she said when they tip us, we don't really uh, hold that money. We kind of tip them back with their money, and they tip that money back. The money just yeah. kind of cir circulates between all of us. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, with the bartender support, and also it uh, impressed me. The guy said on Facebook that he didn't know you, but he set up a GoFund GoFundMe or what was it? Yeah, uh, fundraiser all through Facebook. Yeah, uh, set you up a fundraiser uh, to help with your cancer treatment. And yeah, I was completely shocked. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and of course I wanted you on the show and, uh, plus it was, I felt it was very important that all bartenders, we all, uh, support each other. Um, uh, mm -hmm. you know, even, uh, reposted on my Facebook account, uh, on the Hey Bartender podcast page, but I thought that was amazing. Did this guy actually, this guy, you actually didn't know? No, I didn't know him. And I was uh, my my inbox was being flooded with messages from people all around in the United States and um he was one of the messages and he introduced himself and told me uh what he did and you know I was just like it floored me and the entire experience has floored me because I will say that I've gotten more support from a bunch of people that I don't even know than I have from the people that I do know around the quad cities. That's amazing. Uh, yes. It was very overwhelming and it warmed my heart to know that there are still good people out there that generally care about you, even if they don't really know you. 
Right. And that's the power of social media, it seems nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've actually met a, quite a few great people since then. Um, I've, um, when I've been down at the black sheet, just hanging out and there, there has been a couple shifts that my, my boss was like, I really need you. And um, are you filling up to it? I'm like, yeah, I, I will. I'm filling up to it today. I'll come down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've had people come in and yell out SOB and I'm like, I look and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, people coming in to, to take pictures with me. And it's, it is really, it was a, like, a, it was a confidence booster, you know, just like I'm no one special. And there are people coming out of the woodwork. I've never met in the quad cities that are part of this page that have sought me out to just come, you know, give me a hug or take a picture with me. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that is incredible. And yeah, it was it was definitely mind blowing. I never expected, you know, just a, a a random Facebook post because I was, you know, on honesty, I'm like, I'm feeling pretty today, and it's my last day before I go deal with this. I'm posting to the page because I hardly ever post to that. I hardly ever posted to the FOB right before that. So. It was, you know, I'm feeling pretty today and I'm feeling confident. I'm going to, I'm going to post this photo. And that's what I did. And I never expected for it to blow up the way it did. So uh, do you think your boss called you in just because everybody was asking about you or did he actually need you that night? Um, I I can't, I can't really tell you, um, (laughs) if he, (laughs) why, um, you know, why he was calling me and he was just like, you know, I know that you're going through some stuff, but he's like, but are you feeling up to this? I could really use you. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, I'm not, if I'm feeling good, I'm not going to turn down the money because Lord knows that, you know, I, you know, even though, uh, unfortunately this has happened, the bills don't stop. Right. Need to pay that, uh, Netflix, uh, <laughs> and subscription Hulu, yeah. and Hulu and, <laughs> Uh, all divers, you know, all that fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, anyway, I, uh, that is completely awesome. The fraternal order of bartenders, uh, group came out to support you. Um, I thought it was important to uh, be able to have you on my show, uh, my lowly podcast to talk about your story and let everybody know that you're doing, you're doing well. So far, mm-hmm. at least, I hope. <laughs> yes, I'm doing well. Um, I, you know, I am uh, experiencing some side effects from the hormone therapy, um, and which to be expected. Um, some of that, so side effects is side effects is you know getting sick and also pain and all that fun stuff. But it, you know, I knew it was going to happen. But I, you know, you got to take the good with the bad, and this is just bad to get to the good. So exactly. <laughs> And that's a subject that I've uh, always thought about. I should talk about on this podcast that bartenders don't have medical benefits. And you gave uh, three, two really good reasons and one kind of scary reason to that bartenders should try to figure out a way at least to get medical benefits. Exactly. Um, And with uh, with my updates, I've had people coming out saying, you know, I'm hey, I'm fighting this fight, too. And I all I can think about is I pray to God that you have health insurance. Right. You know, or a way, or a way to pay for all this because it's it's definitely scary. Definitely, I appreciate that you post on uh, Facebook to let us all know uh, your situation. Uh, you still have a great smile on your face and your beautiful daughters. 
and mm. you're uh, fighting it really well. I'm uh, I'm happy for you. Oh, I really appreciate that. You know, it's you know, I I won't say that at the when I first when I was first told, I felt like I got hit in the face with a brick. Mm. It was I was shocked. I was angry. Um, and I felt sorry for myself. Um, you know, I'm only human and I, I'm not superhero. I'm not a superhero. I'm not superwoman. And I'm, it's not that I'm unfazed by things, but I also over the years and the experiences I have had growing up, I've always, I know the way I survived was to look for the silver lining. Right. You uh, already know you got tons of support. So, well, thank you so much for Chantel for being on the show. Uh, I want to give you a chance to let everybody know where you're at and where they can find you. Well, um, if you guys are ever in the Quad Cities, um, in either Illinois or Iowa, so those cities are Davenport, Bettendorf, Rock Island, Moline, Milan, or East Moline, or even Silvis, I am located in the district of Rock Island. You will find me right behind the Blues Brothers statues at the Black Sheep on 2nd Avenue. Okay. Uh, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you'll just have to, the luck of the draw. I'm normally there on Thursdays for sure. Saturdays sometimes and Tuesdays for sure. But every once in a while I'll pop in there on a, uh, an odd day. <laughs> okay, cool. Once again, thank you so much for being on my show and I wish you good luck uh, with everything in the future. No, thank you for having me. That was my interview with Chantel Hyde. It, that was just an amazing interview I had with her. So anyway, right now we're going to take a quick commercial break. Of course, I've got to promote myself a little bit. And then we'll get to our music guest, Abigail Nielsen. Be right back. Just want to remind you guys, if you want to get your hands on any Hey Bartender podcast merchandise, head over to heybartenderpodcast.com. And you can find my blog, you can find some drink recipes, and pick yourself up a t-shirt. Help support the show by buying yourself a Hey Bartender podcast t-shirt today. This episode's music guest is Abigail Nielsen. I met her while I was traveling around over Christmas, and she was probably one of the better things that, one of the few good things that happened to me during that traveling during Christmas. Oh, God, that flight sucked. But I met her at SeaTac Airport. She was performing live acoustically in front of the Put Sub Pop store. And uh, she's really friendly. And I just had, uh, had to beg her to be on my show. So without further ado, here is Abigail Nielsen with her single, Without You.
From Seattle, Washington, that was Abigail Nielsen with her single Without You. If you uh, want to check out more songs by Abigail Nielsen, you can get on iTunes, Spotify. If you want to know more about her, she's got her own website, www.abigailnielsen.com. She also has a uh, social media presence, Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify. Go check her out. She's got a lot of great stuff out there. Anyway, people, it is last call. Last call for alcohol, people. And if you don't come up to my bar, you ain't getting shit. I just hate those people that try to order a drink uh, from across the bar by screaming out, Hey, give me one more. God. I want to give an extra special thanks to Chantel Hyde for being on the show today and sharing her great story about her life and all of her troubles that are going on right now. An uh, extra special thank to, to the Fraternal Orders of Bartenders for everybody out there that are members of that group showing support to her and to each other. Uh, because us bartenders, we all really need to stick together. We all got uh, troubles and we all got uh, ups and downs that we sometimes need help with. And Fraternal Order of Bartenders really pulled through that for her that time also like to thank Abigail Nielsen. Once again, check her out on iTunes and Spotify. And as usual, people, uh, check me out on Facebook. Uh, hey, Bartender Podcast. Check me out on Instagram. Hey, Bartender Podcast. Uh, Twitter, once in a while I put something on there. Hey, Bartender PO1. Uh, check out the website, www.heybartenderpodcast.com. Help support the show by buying a Hey Bartender podcast t-shirt. I would really appreciate it so I can keep this show rolling. But until next time, people, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. But until then, lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. I had to blow up.